everybody. It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Rama S, Ari Rockefeller, Mako-chan, and Sailor Flair. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 122. We are that podcast that talks about anime, cons, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Rama S. I'm Ari Rockefeller. And I'm Mako-chan. Ari, you mad, bro? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Seriously, a chiptune chocolate rain? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> what fresh out of part of the internet did you dig that out of? The same part of the internet everyone digs it out of. YouTube. Their ass? No, YouTube. If not YouTube, there's a site called 8-Bit Peoples. Or 8bit.org. It's a site where people just do all types of chip tunes and just submit it. I might have found it over there. Wonderful. Okie dokie then. Okie dokie, Smokey. <laughs> ah, we are live tonight. Week of January 16th. Wait a minute. Week of July 16th, 2013. Yeah. <laughs> eh, it's been a day. Have you been outside? Me? Yeah. Not by choice. Not mm. by choice. I had to take the dog out. I'm sorry. Mm. And my work is mostly outside. So you understand. It's hot out there. Yeah, the fans at one place where I work are woefully inadequate. Fans have always been inadequate, but lately it seems like, you know, I'm able to flip between, on my, on my air conditioner, between AC and fan from time to time. So, it's a bit of a blessing in disguise. And then this past Sunday, the sun was shining brightly and it was pouring rain. Oof. I'm like, fuck you, weather. Well, at least you didn't go trenching through the bad weather on Friday. Ugh. I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, like I said, we are live this week, uh, July sixteenth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, check out our interactive chat room at uh, live.vognetwork.com. Um, if you go, if you have a chat client, you can go on in and use uh, this irc.gamesearch.net chat room is vog. If you have a chat client such as Merc, XChat, or Chatzilla, it'll go through right away. Um, I believe I had some. I for some reason I thought I had uh updated on the site uh, if, like a link for people to log into the chat but some reason is not there I may have to work on that on the side it, all it is is just a link if you click on it one of your chat clients will just see the information and throw you right into the chat room there's no pop up it'll just take you right through it or if you prefer just go to live.vognetwork.com simple as that uh, check-ins are live uh, check-ins means that Whenever a podcast is on the air, if you check in, you get points, and you just rack them up. Think of it sort of like an EP type system. It's pretty cool, exclusively on the VOG network. So now that I got that out of the way, uh, Ari, how was your week and how was your day? <clears throat> well, let's see. This week I participated in the Magic 2004 pre-releases. There was a there's a couple game shops around me, so I went to. A midnight release on Friday night, mm-hmm. and a uh, two at a giant event on Saturday afternoon. The first one was at a uh, Top Deck Games in uh, Westmont, New Jersey. Okay, I, cool. 
you, you can see a picture of me on their uh, on their website. What they did was, like every round, they would they would give out stuff to half the people participating because you know it was a pre-release and they had all this free stuff. And I won a uh, just a normal sixty card deck box. But uh, yeah, they have a picture of us like holding it up on the screen. There's like a big mm -hmm. collage of them. Cool. And uh, Sunday, my friend and I went to a different comic shop in Berlin called All Things Fun, which was or did the two at a giant format, which is you know two players as a team, you get thirty life, and it's only one round, like one like one game per round. Otherwise, the rounds would last three hours. But uh. We got some good cards all like, all together, but uh, that round on I oh, got you playing that song again. That it's round on Sunday afternoon, that last one was the stupidest game of Magic I ever played. That's the original Epic Sax guy. And besides, if I pulled, what, if I use the track that USL is using, yeah, Travis will come bearing down my door with double get, with double barrels. Ah, uh, no, not happening. I didn't know he had his own version. He has a, he has a, his own lounge music that he plays so. Wonderful. But and today I was visited, I was mugged by the shitty haircut fairy. Trust me, I know that feeling all too well. What have I learned? Don't be cheap on cuts. Well, it's, the cheapness didn't bother me. I just, I knew something was wrong when I went into the hair salon when I went into the hair salon. Uh, let me guess, Jean-Paul wasn't there? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let me just say this. I started sweating more after I got all my hair chopped off. Aha. Totally not worth it. It's 13 bucks. I'm never going to see again. Well, look. Let me tell you something. I look for a good deal when it comes to haircuts. The cheapest I have paid is 10 bucks. The most expensive I have paid is $25. And it was in Manhattan, which I can understand, but on the same token, I've gotten haircuts as cheap as 13 and 14 bucks in Manhattan. The problem is, you go into an, what you think is a barbershop, but it's a little bit more urban. When you walk in, you see everybody walking around with, with, with picks in their hair, with, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the fist up in the air, and I'm like, WTF? Oh, Afro picks and yes. all that? All the TVs are blasting um, M BET, you know, because there's got to be a booty butt video on every single television. And then I got. I, hmm? I didn't know the Black Panther controlled barbershops in your area. If the Black Panther controlled the barbershops in my area, the barbershops would be a lot cheaper, a lot nicer, a lot more respectable. I'm talking about one. This was in Manhattan. I go huh. in. I get my cut. I'm sitting there waiting. Someone comes in, ask if I want to buy a DVD. Somebody else oh, wants to know. Wants to know if I, yeah, someone wants to ask if I want to buy a CD. Then another brother comes on asking if I want to check out his latest his latest album. I'm like, you can't be serious. I remember I, in the movie Barbershop, the one guy comes in like DVD, CD. Gets his ass chased out. Except for that chased out part, that's pretty much just true. I get into the I get I get into the chair. Whole shit happens again. And then the barber is up there on his phone talking to somebody else and to the other barber. And when he's done, it's like $25. And I'm like, well, fuck. I could have gotten this shit done for 13 bucks in my neck of the woods. I but, miss my long flowing hair. Well, grow it out, dude. 
Yeah. But, That's what I'm gonna have to do. Well, there you go. I got fed some bullshit about it clogging up a drain. But the only problem is it. The only hair found it around the drain was too short and too light to be mine. So someone was bullshitting me. Let me tell you. Back at the old place, I was told, yeah, that my hair is clogging up the drain. At what? the time, there's a, of, of all three people in the house, only one person has short hair. You. Exactly. So, explain that one. <clears throat> yeah, at least this weekend's going to be nice and we could drink away the problems. Mostly. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Just having so yeah, that's what happened to me this weekend. Alright, um, Mako-chan, how was your week and how was your day? Long and extremely painful. Yeah. Uh, never mind, you, you continue. <laughs> um, no, I just got done with a uh, seven day straight 60 hour week, which sucked royally. But on the plus, that means money. Um, I got a new phone. Swing low, swing low. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a dick. I have no idea what you're talking about. Keep what? talking. You're a major dick. You're a big old major dick. Anyway, so yeah, I'm basically stuck uh, dog-sitting for the week since mom is in the Dominican Republic. I got, I, 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 I'm pleading the Fifth Amendment because I'm going to offend somebody. I'm pleading the Fifth Amendment. Matter Turn that time. shit off. Oh, you don't want to talk about your long ass work work week? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to drink my coffee now. You do, you do that. that. But no, I I got my phone and I've basically been working and now I'm home and trying to clean for this weekend and uh, just trying <laughs> to take care of the dog. That's good. Well, mom's on vacation. Mm. Getting ditched by the family while they go on vacation. Fuck, I hate when that happens. Well, well she's in the Dominican. She, go on, go on. Yeah, she, she's in the Dominican Republic, and she didn't pay. Basically, her girlfriend, um, her girlfriend's daughter, graduated from high school, and they uh, did something really big for her brother. They went on a cruise. So she wanted to go on a cruise, but they couldn't afford to go on the cruise or something like that. So they ended up going to the Dominican Republic. So, yeah. So it's not like I was ditched. It's more like my mother is helping babysit. (laughs) So, yeah. And that was basically my week. Now I'm just... Trying to get off my lazy ass and clean, which isn't really working. (laughs) So we've noticed. So we have noticed. Shut up, you. (laughs) 
Shut up, you. Nobody asked you. Shut up, you. Nobody asked you. Put that to work. children. Put that to work. I don't know where it's been. Oh, that's you real. Use the bathroom. That's real adult of you, Mako. Real adult. <laughs> you see, this is why we can't take her anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least when we do, we put a muzzle on her. Mm, nah. <laughs> Don't we have to go there in a shipping crate? Uh, the the AJS budget doesn't have that type of money. That's why we're going to tie her up and hog tie her and put her on a spit and carry her that way. Fuck the what? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm uh, right now. I'm looking at the uh, new cover for the new Harley Quinn series and just raging. Why? Because I don't like what they did with Harley. What did they do with Harley? Uh, every new incarnation of Harley that comes out, she's wearing less and less clothes. Oh. And while I have no problem with Harley being sexy, it pisses me off that they're straying so freaking far away from the original. Um, and this whole series is supposed to be her with, like, her not being, like, the Harley Quinn Harley, but more along her dated, like, day-to-day kind of thing, and it's supposed to be, like, all of the different outfits and stuff that she wears. So she's gonna be in a lot of different outfits, but they have her wear, um, half of her hair is black and half of her hair is red. And I'm sorry, but she's a blonde. And that's what really pisses me off. But yeah. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Although I really do like the picture. It's really, really cute. Okay. Are you done foaming at the mouth now? Yeah, I guess. Good, good, good. She guesses. Huh. I mean, she might blow up in any second. It's not like we introduce her as Mandy, then we're all, then we'd all be fucked. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, my week's been okay. Um, coming down to the last four weeks of class, so I'm like, thank God. I was supposed to have a photo shoot tomorrow, but that got canceled, which means that gives me time to kind of start finishing up like two or three papers I have to write. I just been kind of lazy about it because. I hate writing. I truly hate writing. Ari, I don't know how you do it. It's fun. At least I think it is. Hmm. Well, that that's pretty much is it. I've gotten back into playing a little bit more Borderlands lately, and that's... Just about, oh, yeah, my front door works now. Hooray, I guess. No, remember I mentioned a few weeks ago there was a flood upstairs and it swollen the door frame where I had trouble opening and closing the door? Yeah. I'm going to yeah. guess whatever was in there kind of shrunk, What I guess it shrunk itself or went back. I can easily open open and close my door without a problem. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, that's basically it. Um, let's see. Let's look at um, what's on the agenda for tonight. Um, right after our first break, we're going to have the, we're going to announce the winners of the Sailor Moon Brooch Contest, brought to you by Anime Jam Session, Kenmoku Revolution, 
and Star Knight Industries, Starlit Creations. And if one of the best people I know out there for commissions, but right now they're closed until October. If you want some really high quality uh, co- cosplay com- commission cosplays, check them out. Um, I believe that's it. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. All right, so let's go. Oh, ahead. wait. What? There was another thing. I finished uh, reading Evangelion. I'm sorry. It's done. It's complete. Please, and I didn't like you. the ending. Please tell me Shinji pistol whipped his father. Yes, yeah, so I was going to ask the same thing. No. Oh. Shinji, you're such a pussy. No, the the whole thing is, um, spoiler alert, is basically um, he ends the world and then recreates it in a better way. So he's still not, like, he's still living with his aunt and uncle or something like that. But his father and mother are together in the afterlife kind of thing. So, But he, he got over his whole emo thing because while he doesn't remember the Avas or the Angels or anything like that, um, he basically remembers every like he he remembers the feelings that he went through so he doesn't he no longer feels that uh that he has a shitty life it, it, the ending really I, I mean it was a good ending but at the same time it just it it was just one of those endings where you could tell that it, they just wanted to end it yeah i guess the manga creator just got tired of it and it sounds like shinji pulled a sailor saturn it is something like that because he ended up merging with uh, Eve, who was um, basically um, like there was a little bug named Adam, and Gendo swallowed Adam, and he was going to merge with Eve to create the world that he wanted, which would basically end the world. Because everybody would be in peace and it would be kind of a utopia and that just can't happen so it would have ended the world. Instead, Eve merged with Shinji and that's how Shinji was going to go with it. But then he decided that um, while at that point he had wanted to kill himself and just end it all, he he basically, because of the whole... Um, thing that he had to go through with the angels, he found life and all of that, so he didn't want it to end that way, so basically, he recreated the world without the angels and without that whole thing happening I just want to shout, he's found Jesus! (laughs) Something like that Praise the Lord! Our disciple Shinji has seen the light up, ladies and gentlemen of the anime congregation. He's recreated the world as he sees fit. He's found Jesus. Okay, now I got it out my system. Yeah, but I mean, basically, they, like, you can see that they purposely killed off characters that had previously been killed off. So anybody that had been previously killed was not brought back. Um... And then, like, you see that at the end, it's kind of alluded to. 
but yeah, it's just it, it just ended in such a way that it was a nice ending, but at the same time, it's like that's really it. After all of that shit that he went through, he's just going on as if nothing happened. It's not nearly as bad as the original ending, though, right? No, no. I mean, it's it's much better than the anime, but at the same time, you go, wow, I really feel sorry for this kid. Okay, if it was me, after all of that shit, I would have more or less done the same thing, except that I would be running nerve. I would have made my father my personal whipping boy. Well, there is no nerve anymore. Well, I, well, hey, I haven't followed it. I'm just saying. Yeah, there is no nerve. There are no angels. There are no Evas. It's, 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 the world now is as if there was no angel war. Yeah, I'll, at I, all. I'd, be, I'd be sitting there in, in my big comfy chair, my feet up, smoking my cigar, and using Gendo's head to dump my ashes. No, no, even better. I'd make... I'd make... Make it like a Lee Chao Lan's ending in Tekken 5. Or Lee Chao Lan's like chilling at poolside and he's reduced Heihachi to a butler and he makes him like serve him drinks while Heihachi's wearing like a skimpy little mankini. Oh, and he has oh, and he has an explosive device in his bow tie just in case he decides to uh, slack off. Wow. I, I, I okay, like now that. that just derailed that whole thing and put images in my head that did not need to be there. Ooh, I'll put them in everyone else's head. Let's just let me find the link. And if we go to the chat room real quick at live.vognetwork.com, Akikama goes, spoiler alert, sounds like something along the lines of how Madoka Magica ended. Yeah, it pretty much is. And I followed up with, perhaps, but Eternal Sailor Moon is much more powerful than Godoka. And Scarlet says, I still want to see that cage match. <laughs> Only one comes out. Celebrity anime cage match. And Ari went ahead and found the link. Yeah, I'm not clicking on that. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll rickroll your ass about it later. No, it's thank not a you. Rickroll. But, you know. Okay. It's more sinister. Alright, let's go ahead and take this break and start announcing the winner. And then I want to sink my teeth into this whole AX de- debacle, because, you know, I am none too thrilled about the shit that went down. Sounds oh, yeah, good to me. We will be back.
If you like independent podcasts, please check out some of our independent podcasting friends. It's Orange Lounge Radio, where they discuss video games, gamer culture, and lifestyle with Sky, Dark Sakura, and Loki. Listen live Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on VOGNetwork.com. And right before them is the Bobby Blackwolf Show. It's video games and gamer talk starting at 8 p.m. If Warcraft is your taste, listen to Horde House with Sky and Extifer, Wednesdays at 10. If you want a more female perspective of what we do, listen to Electric Sisterhood with Ninja Sister and Pandelicious at electricsisterhood.com. If you prefer geek slash pop culture and sci-fi, it's podculture.net with Brad, Mondays at 9, and Under Sedation Live with Travis and Jessica, Saturdays at 10. Also check out The Brooklyn Otaku with D-Styles and Company. You can find them at facebook.com slash Otaku. Well, many thanks again to the wonderful voice talents of Mario Bueno for doing our little um, jingle, a little bumper right there. And don't forget to check out his album, Arise, which is <clears throat> excuse me, available at his website at mariobueno.com, where you can go directly to mariobueno.bandcamp.com. 
So, anywho, during the break, um, Mako decides to link me to some stuff because by now, we're going to get into this in just a bit, but the release of the new Sailor Moon merchandise kind of got us, some of us a little giddy and excited because it is. And we have seen stuff like Shut Up and Take My Money, which in turn, there is a picture of Usagi holding up Chibiusa, which says, Shut Up and Take My Firstborn. Which, the truth <laughs> is, some people will actually do that. And then I suggested, shut up and take my fiancé. And then somebody ponified the Ron Moana Half Gang, which I'll have to check later and see if it's actually up to snuff. The male and female versions of them look okay, I guess. Well, you know, the big thing is, is ponifying the, um, the Sailor Senshi. And the later, the one I just posted on my personal Facebook, I think it was one, was a really good one I liked. And now that we have Equestria Girls out, you now have um, images uh, uh, of them holding their eternal transformation wands, with each one representing the different um, the different character uh, of, of Magicus Friendship, which is kind of interesting. So, anywho, first thing on our agenda is um, is, is our contest. Now, last week. I posted on our official Facebook wall a chance for everyone to win this wonderful Sailor Moon um, brooch made by um, Kinmoku Revolution from Starnai Industries. So, thanks to everybody who helped literally whore out this contest. We got some good entry. We got at least tw- we had twenty people to enter. So I'm quite I'm very happy about that. I was kind of scared that um, no one was going to show up for it. Yeah, pr- pretty much. I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, it's free stuff. How do you say no to that? <laughs> You'd be amazed at how many people say no. Really? Huh. <coughs> Pardon me. So, I'm looking up something real quick. Okay. Now, I'm going to go back with the other file. So, anywho, I have all 20 sitting here in randomizer. And I thought I was going to go make Mako-chan <laughs> pick a number from 1 to 20, and I know she'd have a field day with that. So, we're going to go ahead, all right, close this out, and run the randomizer. Too bad I don't have any, like, drum roll music, you know, but, anyhow. Going to randomize, get a good mix-up in there. It looks like I'm going to have to make Mako-chan pick a number from 1 to 20 anyway. I forgot how this works. <laughs> okay. The names have been f- officially mixed up. Mako, pick a number from 1 to 20. Mako. Mako, you with us? Four. <coughs> All right. Four. Is that your final answer? That is my only answer. <laughs> Well, the winner of the Sailor Moon brooch goes to a Miss Tennille E. Spencer. Congratulations on winning. And Yay! Hooray! Well, we got to have some celebratory music, so... Skip past that. Come on. Sometime today. I don't like this version. God, they really fucked up the prices right, dude. 
My god, they really did a... They really hacked up the prices right, dude. I feel so violated now. Yeah, well. Yes. And Raging it goes, four dot 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 Chan. Oh, you. No. So I'm going to go ahead and let her know that she is our official winner of, our, of the contest. And in the meantime, do, let's start with some breaking news. Now by breaking, do you mean it just came out or your sanity is about to break? A little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Yeah, as we were putting, as Mako-chan was getting the um, information together for this week's episode, news came out about, about shit that was going down at AX. So, let's jump right into that. Flames running the whole nine yards. Do tell. Yes, Mako, sometime today. What? I want... Were you not listening? (laughs) What do you want me to... Am I supposed to be reading this? Uh, What? I want you to uh, bring up what's going on, and then, you know, I'm going to jump right into it. I have to let let this this contest winner know that she won. Okay, well, I didn't realize that there was anything that I had to read or go into. Um, okay, well, I'll read the, uh, what Anime Expo actually posted yeah, about this. that'll work. Um, dear friends, we have recently become aware that during Anime Expo 2013, an individual not connected with the SPJA created an unauthorized and highly inappropriate hidden camera video, and, worse, posted it on YouTube. It has since been removed from display. Anime Expo, as well as all other SPJA events, are family-friendly, and we do not take this action lightly. Sexual harassment of any attendee is in any way, uh, in any way is unacceptable. We have opened a case with the Los Angeles Police Department. If you are a victim of this unauthorized video or witness the recording and would also like to make a report, please contact the LAPD Central Division at blah, 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 blah. Our hearts and prayers go out to all of you, especially those of those who have been impacted by these disrespectful and violating actions. We will do all we can to assist those who have been wronged as this case moves forward and are investigating what legal remedies the SPJA may have, if any, against those who violated the wonderful, joyous atmosphere of AX. Very respectfully, the Chief Executor, Executive Officer. Um, well, basically... This is not a new thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened at other conventions. And um, I think the main problem with this, one, is that um, one of the girls that was taped was underage. The other thing is that the host that was doing all the hugging happened to be a guy. While most of the other ones that are on YouTube and things like that of uh, quote-unquote booby cams, the host and person doing the hugging happens to be a girl. Um, But yeah, so basically some guy went around with a camera taped to his chest and hugged well-endowed females at 
Anime Expo. Um, people obviously were upset, and um, well, obviously it's at one point not a good thing, but on the other hand, um, a lot of people seem to be upset over the wrong thing, I guess you could say. I suppose so, yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the basis of this is that one of the girls that was taped was, um, underage. She, she was 17. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are going on like this was a hidden camera and going very, very crazy over, over the fact that this guy was taping people and they didn't realize it and doing like when you hug obviously the camera is right on his chest so he's getting basically very close cleavage shots um plus the, wasn't the camera the exact opposite of hidden like exactly you actually the, the, the ca- yeah the camera was very obvious um and i actually watched the video which that's another rant entirely, but um, I watched the video, and in a lot of the things, he actually points directly at the camera. So I don't know whether or not he's pointing at the camera to say, hey, look, I'm taping you, or pointing at the camera and telling these people, I just want to hug you and tape it. Because there is no audio, so you don't know. But going through the video, the person that they all complain about being underage, he doesn't even hug her chest to chest. She notices the camera. She's actually smiling and waving into the camera. Um, And then when he asks for the hug, she turns and hugs him basically with her shoulder. So you don't even... Yeah, you don't even get down her shirt. She's dressed as Yoko, though. So, that is one of the things, yes, she's underage, and he taped her and put it on the net. But at the same time, she's underage, and she's at a convention, and he's just taping her. He's just talking with her, and she knows the camera's there. So, yeah, it's a little icky because she's 17 but at the same time she obviously knew she was being videotaped right but you know now now here's something that I can see this as now the aspect of it being a hidden camera well there's been many times people have said to me your camera's on yes I I, I know it's on I, I, I I know very much so that my camera is on because after a while, it turns itself off. I keep it on so I can go take picture to picture to picture. Now, the camera is right there. I can see the aspect of being hidden if you assume that it's off when in reality it's on. <coughs> That's one hell of a technicality right there. Secondly, when you're at these conventions, everybody does crazy shit and random shit. We're in a digital multimedia age. She probably thought this was going to be for a CMV, a cosplay music video, which is something new everybody is, like, jumping on the bandwagon for. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. That's what it boils down to. 
I mean, personally, I don't see nothing wrong with this because if you're seeing the camera and he's pointing to it and you still go over and hug, there you go. But it's if on he's, her now. Yeah, but if, if it's more like he's taking pic, asking to hug and it's on, then yeah, that's a little bit more creepy. Yeah. But I understand why everyone is getting up in arms around it. But I just think that people are not seeing the truth of it. It's also more like, you know, I don't want to, I'm just saying as an example, like, if like, if like two underage teenagers consent to have sex, both parties agreed, but still in the law of the light, of the uh, light of the law, it's still against the law. I know that's a bit of a stretch, but that's sort of like how I kind of sort of see it. It's okay, but on the same token, according to law, even though you you two are okay with it, the law is not. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's very, very iffy. And my whole issue is now, um, the people that put the video up on YouTube, right, right. that video was taken down. Um, on another website, they have a small clip of, like, this is what we're working on. And it's a clip of one of the girls who obviously knows that she's being taped and obviously is okay with it because she's running around on camera and, like, jumping up to hug him, making sure that her cleavage is right there in the camera. So that's their little clip stating what's like what they're working on Mm -hmm. but they their part of the video is taken down completely all of the video now that you can find on the net are from quote unquote the good guys white knights exactly trying to let people know what's going on and trying to um if you happen to be in this video let us know now, the problem with that is that all of the video now on the on the internet with this underage girl aren't it's not even up by these people anymore. It's up by the the people trying to help out. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that all of these people trying to help out are now putting up I guess what they're trying to claim as some sort of child molestation. Right. They're the ones propagating it. Mm-hmm. The ones They're that originally worse. Exactly. exactly. The ones that originally put it up there, it's down. Whether they like, put it as private or whether it was taken down by YouTube or whatever, what have you, it's down. The videos that are up now are by people that are trying to help out and just screwing these people over more. Mm-hmm. It's like it reminds me a lot of the drama shit from back in the day, where you would. Where if somebody's beefing on somebody else and you're like, you know what, hold it. This is what's really going on and you're trying to explain it. They're like, you know what, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just making shit worse, you know. Even though the pe- you're trying to explain it. You've been in, the be- in it from the beginning seeing both sides of what the, what the hell has happened. Trust me, I speak from experience on that. I don't know. The whole thing just seems... While at 
on one end, yes, it's bad that he did it and put it up there and either didn't get permissions or didn't realize that she was underage or what have you. That was really shitty. On the other end, the law that he keeps quoting Mm -hmm. is a real law. Basically, if you're going to go out in public and especially at a convention, um, basically you can be taped. You can have pictures taken of you and it's legal. You know, come back to bite you in the ass, whatever you do. And that's the problem. It can come back to bite you in the ass. But, I mean, if Google can get away with it, um, because there was this whole claiming on Google when Google Earth came out about um, people that were uncomfortable because their picture was on Google Map, like on Google Earth, because they were sunbathing in their backyard. Mm -hmm. So now they're outside like their picture is out there in bikinis or half nude or what have you because of the satellite photos and google basically said look you're outside and you're in public and the basically shit happens yeah and if google can get away with it then these people that are going to a convention and Obviously, you're telling people that they have a camera sta- uh, strapped to their chest. That it's it's if Google basically if Google can, can get away with it, then so can basically everybody else. See, but on the same token, it should be more like um, Google should be like, yeah, we this this is what's going on. We understand about the photos. We'll do our best to get take not post them. You know, because you gotta have some type of moral decency within the company to realize yeah this is somebody sunbathing in their own backyard we can't put this picture up look if you google my old house you'll see the picture you'll see the old man trying to grab the damn newspaper and if we go to the chat room real quick uh at live.vognetwork.com gamer girl x says essentially by law you don't necessarily have a right to privacy in public and no, you you don't. I mean, it's it's how it's crap why it's is public. It's how crap is worded. And unfortunately, I mean, I'm not saying that again, I'm not saying that him putting that crap up was right, but they are in public. It's in a public area. Mm-hmm. People can get in there and you don't have I I, I mean, well, yes, etiquette says that you should ask permission you don't have to ask permission of cosplayers to take their pictures yeah, but it also falls under paparazzi's code as active says now as we're talking about this who remembers girls gone wild yeah yeah the same damn thing 90 the majority of those videos were girls in the public domain they were outside filming where anything could happen what brought them down was pretty much the same thing we're talking about here. They didn't realize that some of those girls on the videos were underage. So, they, you know? Mm-hmm. And there, I know there are photographers and videographers <clears throat> are out there that are saying, you know what? I could take the picture. It doesn't matter. I don't need the permission. Yeah, you don't need the permission. But on the same token, it's that level of respect that you have for the other person. I'm not going to, like, show up, take a picture, and leave. Unless I know you. I've done that to a few people because I know them. 
and they'll just either just act like I'm not there or do something to make me notice that they're there, you know, which is understandable. But I always ask permission. I mean, like, now that with the filming that we're doing, I have release forms to ask permission, and I just found out that one of the the cosplayers we interviewed at Anime Next is underage. So before I even, and I didn't even notice until after she signed it, before that video even goes up, I'm going to contact her, her parents, show them the video, let them know that everything is okay and on up and up, and get the permission to post it. If we get the permission, we can. If not, it ain't going up. It'll stay in the archives. Done and done. I mean, you would think at first we only, it was like, we only had to deal with attendees being creepy. Then we have, now we have to deal with photographers and correspondents that are acting creepy. Now we have to, now we got people that are vending that are acting creepy. Now we got this shit. I mean... The creep is spreading like a plague. Exactly. It's not even that it's creep. A lot of people don't have common decency anymore. Just because you are respectful at home and in school sometimes, that does not give you the right to be total disrespectful at a convention. Yes, you are at a convention by yourself without parental supervision. What you do in your room is your business, but don't be bringing that attitude of disrespect and creepiness out of the room and onto the general uh, con attendees, because you never know how you act around a certain cosplayer. That could be rubbed off by somebody else and... It can start something. Like Misty says, it's worse than Con Funk. Except that you can somewhat control Con Funk. Because somebody will tell you, yeah, you can't, you're kind of riffing right there, you know? I still say we should have badges that, are, that double as air fresheners. True. Now here's, a question, now, here's a question by Game Girl X. Here's a thought. With all this cosplay's consent and creeper issues, do you think the people are pushing the boundaries to see how far they can go at conventions and in the fandom? Yes. Yeah, because people are dicks. Yes, but at the same time, this guy is... The people that are so crazy about cosplay is consent are going overboard. This originally started out as an issue with one of the girls being 17. Mm Mm-hmm. If you look at the video, which I have, most of these girls that he hugs know that the camera is there. So, obviously, he's getting consent to hug them. So, this isn't really an issue with cosplay is consent. Um, People are really, really blowing this out of proportion as to what it actually is. Saying that it's such a hidden camera and that these people don't know what it is and oh my god cosplay is consent and oh my god he shouldn't be doing this and it's it's illegal to do upskirt shots and it's illegal to do hidden camera upskirt shots like that mm-hmm. if these people know that they are being taped it's not illegal the issue completely is that one of the girls happens to be 17 right and these people are Making it more than what it actually is. Yes, it's shitty. Yes, it's crap. Mm-hmm. But again, they're making it bigger than the issue actually is. And the what's, camera wasn't hidden, and there was no upskirts. It was, you know, it's like you're preaching to the choir. You're, you're standing there, like this is what happened. It's okay. And the people, and then you have one parent screaming, "How dare 
you, and then the next you know that's going to start a domino effect where whoever's trying to say this is okay, he that person's going to cave. Like you know what, we'll investigate and see what we can do. But, I mean, nobody had issues with the people doing this at other conventions. Again, because it was a female host with the, with the camera tra- strapped to her chest, mm-hmm. hugging other females that knew that the camera was there. Yes. And because also AX is a big-name convention, of course, there's going to be shit to be thrown. Yeah. Well, I mean, I found stuff from E3. Mm-hmm. And, and a woman going around hugging booth babes. Okay. And it's like, I don't remember what the hell it's called. It's something like booby cam or something like that. Right. Um, but, I mean, she's getting away with it because she's a girl. Yeah. And everybody knew what it was that uh, they were doing. And they're just, they're happy and acting with it and... Like shoving their tits into the camera and all that, but as soon as you get somebody that happens to be underage, or in some of the cases where their boyfriend wasn't at the convention and just found out because he saw his chick online on on YouTube and her tits are hanging out, it's it's that that comes after it. It's it's those issues that end up causing shit like this. And- if it was a guy, oh, trust me, this dude would have been, would have been strung up already. Well, they descend upon him like a con plague, yeah, iron, it's, ironically it's, enough. It's more or less like a double standard, you know? And that's why, you know, before we went on the air, I asked Mako to write the article about this. Because the truth is, if I was to write it, people are going to look at me like I'm slut-shaming. I'm the problem with it. Who am I to defend them? I'm in the wrong. Now, same article. Put Mako-chan's name on it. Oh, I agree. You're absolutely correct. Well, this is what I think. Good. You see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, that's one of the issues is uh, the their uh, Anime Expo's Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, when they posted that a lot of the comments in there were actually slut-shaming. And shame on all of you who are slut-shaming. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of comments, well, if they don't want to be taped, then don't wear stuff like that. And at what? that point, oh, I, do kind of, I do kind of agree with it. If you're going to be wearing stuff like that, people are going to come up to you, they're going to ask for your picture, they're going to videotape yes. you. And my thing that is, shit just happens. Look, my, it, it does. Yeah. But at the same time... Just because they're wearing something like that doesn't necessarily mean that they are asking for it, and it doesn't mean that they are wanting it, and it doesn't mean that they are... They're free game. Exactly. It doesn't mean that they're sluts. Right. And my thing is this to who are saying sluts. Who the fuck are any of you to say something like that? Let me tell you something. I know a lot of female cosplayers that wear skimpy outfits. The majority of them do not wear... Well, they do wear for skimpiness, but that's not the point I'm trying to make. They wear because they like the character, and they do this, and they do that. And I know these same girls, if they do not want their picture taken or to be videographed, they'll say, no, no, thank you. I have... My time as a cosplay photographer, I always ask permission for this or that. And, and I've had some people say, no, no, thank you, which is fine, and I respect that. And usually later they'll see me, and they're like, oh, I'm in a... Can you take my picture? No problem, okay? Get off your high 
horse because you are nobody special. Because let me tell you, if my 17, I'm just saying, if I, my 17 year old daughter, let's say she's running around as Felicia from Dark Stalkers, you best believe she's going to know how to handle herself in public and handle the issues. And she damn well will know if she's in a situation where she doesn't want to be, she's going to call her daddy and her daddy's going to come handle the sit on handle shit done and done. I don't think I would let my 17 year old daughter dressed as Felicia. Um, go to a convention alone. Who said I, who said I would let her go alone? I'd be well, right next to her dressed up as friggin'. No. Um, who is it? Uh, Dimitri. See, I would do that, but on the same token, I'm not going to be all over her. I'm going to be a few feet away where I can everything is okay. If, at the end of the day, everything is okay and it's cool, I'm going to let her go enjoy the rest of the con. Make sure she's being responsible. Simple as that. I understand the protection, but on the same token, you've got to give a, a teenager a little bit of leeway. Give them a little something. Oh yeah, and like the 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 main thing is also, um, is that all of these people, the underage people going to conventions, they're not going with parents anymore. They're going with somebody who is like, who is old enough to have a credit card to get them in the room. Exactly, and they're either. Having somebody else pick up their badge, not telling the convention how old they are, or getting somebody or getting their parents to sign the permission slip because that's basically all it need all yep. they need anymore mm-hmm. is a parent's permission slip signed, and the parents have no idea what the fuck they're doing. So I mean I, I don't blame the guy for videotaping a 17-year-old because he probably didn't realize that she was 17. I don't blame the 17-year-old because she probably didn't realize that either he was going to put it online or that there was going to be an issue with him putting it online because he did not hug her chest to chest. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I I mean, again, where was the adult? Yes, 17, you're still underage. You're not an adult. Just because you can walk around a mm-hmm. convention by yourself, if you're going to be dressed in something like that, you need to be aware that people are freaking morons. Or as Gamer Girl X says, or the parents check them into the hotel, sign the permission slips, and then go sightseeing. I've seen this. Or it's more like the kids have their own room, the parents have another room down the hallway. The parents are thinking, let the kids go have their fun. The parents going to have quiet time to themselves. Meanwhile, they don't realize what their kids are about to do. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it does not. It'd be better if they had conjoining rooms. Like, you know how they, sometimes they, they'll have a door to... They do have those. But the, Not every hotel does. No, no. All hotels have those. But the problem is, you can't always get those rooms. That's the problem. I think we're kind of done for me at the mouth. Let's get to this next article. I'm going to handle this one because, yeah. Wife throws out husband's anime collection. He demands a divorce. Oh, my God. That amuses me. It really does because that's no different from, from our own fandom and the shit that we see on a daily convention basis. 
Anime and manga fans outside Japan tend to view the country as a safe haven for otaku, assuming that everyone loves the stuff. And while comics and cartoons certainly are as popular and essential as part of Japanese mainstream media, it doesn't mean everyone in Japan approves, you know? And that's part of the reason why, yes, I'm a fan, I am a quote-unquote otaku, but I don't fully wear it on my sleeve. I'll wear my anime shirt, my geek shirt, this and that. Yes, I have an anime messenger bag for my carrying my stuff around, but I don't really bring attention. I don't go, oh, check this out, check that, you know? I'm just like, eh, I'm here. I don't, but people compliment me on it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Especially the shirts I get from, like, Shirt Punch or those daily t-shirt places. Exactly. That runs, I want the Cooking Nightmare shirt, but anywho. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Here's a story dealing with marital problems that have befallen a family whose wife simply couldn't understand her otaku husband's interests. Earlier in the month, a troubled housewife took to um, a national newspaper's website, the Yomiri Online, looking for advice on her marital relationship. So she explained the situation and, and got a response. She discussed that she's a housewife in her late 30s with an older, older husband and an 11-year-old son. The way the story goes, her husband kept coming home with boxes of drink bottles. She asked why. Her husband explained that he was collecting them as part of a campaign the convenience store was having. Looking at the total number, he spent, you know, it seems he had over 10,000 yen or $100.06 worth of bottles. Getting angry at his, at his way he's spending money, Mika, as, or as the original story says at the beginning, Maki told him to use your own money. Stop using the joint expenses. And I'm like, and she's like, if you're going to do that, I'm not going to clean the house. Oof. The next month, her husband changed the bank account to his company to an, to another location, grabbed the family's bank book, and just took took control pretty much took control of all of the finances of the house. And she was upset. Her husband pointed out that she abandoned her housework and they got her parents on his side forcing her to give in, which I can kind of see as a real dick move, you know. If you're not cleaning up the house and the chores, you shouldn't be running the money. I don't trust you, you know. So she puts up with, with the situation and she feels that she's had enough. And while her husband was out, she tossed all his anime merchandise and DVDs and everything. When he comes back home, he goes to the garbage collection to gather everything, and she he realizes that she cut everything up with scissors. Oh. Out of furiousness, Maki's husband locked himself in his room and refused to come out. Here, Maki includes the comment, in commemoration of his graduation and graduating about such a childish, embarrassing hobby, I'd prepare a grand meal for him. But no matter how many times I call him, I could not get him to leave his room. The next morning, her husband appears and told her, we're getting divorced, I want you to leave right away. He added he'll keep their son. Mika ends her post saying, I don't want to get a divorce. The problem is this hobby. I don't see why I'm being chased out. And there's, whole, and there's so many mixed reactions that I'm not going to get into. Now, my thing is this. How do you, how do you not know, unless this was a formal engagement, how do you not know that your husband is an anime fan? plays video games, this and that. How does a I, demented man-child like that get a wife in the first place? Yeah, I don't think it has really to do with the fact that he is an otaku. I think it has to do with the fact that he's spending the family savings mm-hmm. on his hobby. That he's... It's not, it's, like, it's not even the point where, oh, this is like... 
Like, this is some of the stuff I used to watch when I was a kid. Maybe you'd like it, too. No, it's encroaching on everything. That's one. Yeah, she was right to draw the line, but... Yeah, but it's how... Maybe she could have handled it a little better. Yeah, exactly. she could have handled, handled it a little bit better. Uh, that, a little bit better. You want to try it again? But I, I can... I would be as pissed off as her, and I might do the same. If yeah. you're taking if you're taking money out of, out of the joint account, and that's usually for bills and household like food and crap like that, mm-hmm. if you're taking that out for your own hobbies, there are going to be issues. Exactly. I just think she just she approached the situation wrong. Everybody just simply overreacted, and not for nothing. If I come home and find. My computer dismantled. All my video games shredded. All my DVDs shredded. All my anime merchandise shredded. All my cosplay stuff as litter for the cat box. You best believe, even if she's not, even if she is there, all her stuff is going in boxes on the side. And I will tell her, you have five minutes to leave the premises. Done. Yeah, but would you use the joint bank account for your hobbies? Absolutely not. Exactly. And if I was going to, I would have. I would ask first. Granted, I'll probably get told no, but you know, covering my ass. I mean, they they're like two separate issues with this whole thing, mm-hmm. and the main issue is that he's using household expenses. And yes, she went way the fuck overboard, but he's using household expenses. You can't disassociate them from one another. They're combined. She Plus went he crazy. Has a kid too. He's got to worry about that as well. Yeah, and I mean, this is in Japan, and high schools and colleges and things like that are really uber expensive. Mm-hmm. So he's using what could be the joint account that's going to be helping to send him to school on bottles of something to drink. Yep. Frivolous so, bullshit like that. Exactly. I mean, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I, if, if I was married and my husband did that, I probably would do the same thing. I would toss all of his whatever hobby shit it is mm-hmm. away. And then, I would scratch the shit out of it. I would cut it to pieces. And the whole thing is, if he spent that with the joint account, that's half mine anyway, so fuck him. Exactly. Yeah. And as Act Def says, I would seriously lose all my shit if someone threw to the garbage all my Pokemon plushies or did something assholish to, with them. Let me tell okay, you... Using s- money like that isn't, to- that isn't totally yours to buy stuff, not cool. Let me tell you, I, ha- I have a lot of, to me, a lot of valuable anime merchandise. The that most, you will pay for with your money. Yeah, and I also have stuff that was given to me as gifts. There are two very important... Actually, there are four, more or less, four very important treasures of my anime merchandise collection. The Ranma One Half Wall Scroll that I got from Mako-chan as a birthday gift. The Pichon Piggy Bank that I got from Pocky Princess Darcy as a gift. And my two Cabots. If my significant other did anything to those out of anger without talking to me or anything like that, call the cops. 
I'm just going to sit there. When the cops appear, I'm going to tell them what happened, and I'm going to be like, I want her off my premises because if she doesn't leave, I'm liable to kill her. The cops are there for your protection, not mine. It's like Let's just say that these people need marriage counseling. <laughs> you, you think? Yeah, I, I'm kind of reminded of parts of my last relationship, have conventions and this and that, you know, and I'm like, you're going to drive all the way back to drop off your daughter and drive all the way back just for this. And then you're going to go back in the morning and pick her up. Wow. I got nothing on that. So, Ari, take this story about Battle Angel, please. Oh, the one about James Cameron still having plans for Battle Angel, Ailita. Yep, and and I and I think my friend Jesse Jesse Prime was is most likely still excited that this is going to happen. So, all right then. Some years ago, back in two thousand eight or two thousand nine, before Avatar hit screens, James Cameron acquired the rights to remake Battle Angel, Ailita into a live-action 3D sci-fi adventure. These days, he has been busy developing Avatar 2, are you fucking kidding me? And Avatar 3, what? Which are slated to hit screens in 2015 and 2016, respectively. However, anime fans are secretly hoping that he had... have secretly hoped that he had forgotten all about Battle Angel Elite. Sadly, it seems not. According to statements made to Coming Soon recently, he has definitely not forgotten. He is, in fact, putting it off until after he finishes Avatar 3 and hopes to have it on screen, or at least in development, by 2017. He goes on to say that the concept of transhuman exploration has fascinated him for years. And then he goes on to, uh, the author goes on to voice his, how disconcerting it is for him because of what James Cameron might possibly do to it. Uh, for those of you who have no knowledge of this manga or very brief anime OVA, it is set in a city of Scrapyard in a post-apocalyptic world after a meteorite has collided with the Earth and caused an ecological disaster. The heroine is an amnesiac female cyborg named Ailita, found in a local dump and repaired by cybernetic expert Dr. Ida. In this world of violence, corruption, and murder with no law enforcement, Ailita becomes a bounty hunter or cyborg of cyborg criminals and then a player in the brutal sport of motorball. I can't say I've seen any of uh, Battle Angels, so... I, 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 went, I actually had the, the, uh, it on VHS, and I went out and bought, the, and I tracked down the DVD. I'll say this, the DVD is a compressed version of what happens in the manga. Not really accurate, but you get the gist of it. Okay. And they changed her name. Her real, in the manga, it's Alita, but... In, in the U.S. manga, in the original Japanese manga, and in the anime, her name is Gali, Gali-chan, and it's called hmm. Gunnam or Gunnam Dream. Now, maybe I've been watching too much Code Lyoko, but I kept pronouncing it as I lead it as a, like maybe I'm throwing an extra e in there. Understandable. A e l i t a. Now, hmm? now I'm just saying. Look at what James Cameron has brought us: Terminator, Terminator Two. 
I believe he did Terminator Three and 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 that last one. I don't know. Don't hold me to it. Don't don't flame me. He's also done Titanic. He's also done Avatar. He was asked a long time ago about doing um, Battle Angel. He said he wasn't ready because the technology is not here yet. Given what the man has done, why are you going to doubt him and what he can do? I can understand why, given the Wachowski brothers, M. Night Shyamalan, and other stuff that came to the theaters. But here's the thing. Is he a fan of Battle Angels? Yes, he is. Yes, he's a major, major fan. Um, The series Dark Angel, if you remember that series, it's semi-based off of uh, Battle Angel. And wasn't so Michael the hope Weatherly that, in that? You know, he's a fan of it. He won't want to see it uh, chopped up too badly. Exactly. Like, you've heard of Common um, Rider, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the series came over. Common uh, Rider. Dra- Rider. No, 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 no. Not talking about the, the shitty Saban one. This oh. came over about three, maybe four years ago. It was Common Rider Dragon Knight. It was done by, I believe, the Lee Brothers. Everyone said it was very faithful to the original Japanese counterpart because they are were also, they're also fans of the original series. There were some changes that had to be made because it was just that one series of bringing over, which is understandable. But still, I really, I, if you have somebody who is a fan of it, you know they're not going to do shit to fuck it up. And you know if there's going to be changes, they're going to let the people know and want to know, what is your take? You know, I mean, granted, um, Leonardo DiCaprio is a fan of Akira, but yeah, he got raked over the coals with those changes. Because it was Americanized as fuck all. Yes. And by raked, I mean, he was stabbed to the pitchfork, slammed into the hot coals and dragged. Yeah, well, I don't think that was his idea. True, but who took the the studios? Yeah, a lot of issues with movies like that it's not necessarily the person that's writing it it's the person that's editing it yes but still who gets who takes the blame for it though the writer or whoever is like the host or this Mm -hmm. yeah oh and by the way james cameron did uh all of terminator including uh sarah connor chronicles well and terminator 5 yeah i i i I don't think it's gonna be a fifth one yes yeah. Supposedly, it goes back to the 1950s to stop to prevent um, uh, Sarah Connor from being born or some shit like that. Yeah. Well, he also did one of my favorite sci-fi movies, Aliens. There you go. I mean, given what he's done and the tech, I think this is going to be very good. I mean, this is somebody I, I'll get. I'll give faith into. I mean, I just like on this whole thing. I really, really enjoyed Dark Angel. Is it Michael Weatherly on that show? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it was Jessica Alba and Michael Weatherly. Mm-hmm. But um, I really, really enjoyed the show. And it was very new age sci-fi. And it did bring in a lot of the content from Battle Angel. And I really, really, really like Battle Angel. So to see him do something specifically for Battle Angel... And to see him basically be able to bring in something with 
all of the new technology that's out there. I'm really looking forward to it. So am I. And I, I mean, not for nothing. I know my friend Jessie, she's a big Battle Angel fan. I'd love to see her in this movie as Golly. I, I, I'd shit my pants. I'd be like, I know her. <laughs> shit. So anyhow, let's knock out this top 25 list and then go and start wrapping things up. And you know the thing about these lists, nine times out of ten, it's somebody's personal opinion. And they don't fully have the facts behind it. So. Yeah, well, I can tell you this list, um, I've seen like 17 of the 25 that are on here and have to say I really, really enjoyed them. Okay. So it's actually a pretty good list. Okay, now as as the um, let me look at this. As the title goes, Japanese animation, or better known in the U.S. anime, is a style of animation that has taken the U.S. by storm. Known as exaggerated features such as big eyes, oddly colored hair, and so forth, anime portrays fantastic stories, usually about supernatural power, that is not just beautiful to watch but also entertaining. Check out our 25 most influential Japanese anime in the U.S. in order to see what we mean. Now, if you don't believe me. Watch some of today's car- American cartoons and comic books compared to how it was a few years back. You'll see the difference and the influence. Yeah, the the cartoons now are really, really influenced. All right, let's start well, with. Cases, that's a good thing, though. Well, yeah. Let's start with number twenty-five, which is actually one of my favorite series, Yu Yu Hakusho. I love that show. Yu Yu Hakusho show is pretty good. It's it's really cool. I thought his picture of the uh, gang Kuwabara can just lean over and just bite Yusuke's head off. He's that much <laughs> taller than him. Yeah. Hold on. For some reason, um, stupid thing decided to just shit the pants on me. Cool question is, did he sound as, like, dopey and, like, goofy as he did in the original one? Because he kind of, like, talks like this, you know? He's got, no, like... he, he sounded like a total badass. And you gotta give Yu Yu Hakusho credit. It gave Dragon Ball Z a run for its money in, um, when it was on, a Jap- on Japan Japanese TV. Mm-hmm. There we go. They're not run by... They're not both by us. Uh, are they? Because, I don't know, Yusuke versus Goku probably be a- a big money draw. Mm-hmm. So, number 25, Yu Yu Hakusho, a Japanese manga that was a, adapted into an anime series in the 90s. It revolved around the story of a teenage linker named Yusuke Uramashi who got struck and killed by a car as he sought to save the life of a child. After he was revived, he was appointed as an underworld detective to investigate cases of demons and apparitions on Earth. Number 24, Berserk. I've, I've, I've never seen that one, so I really can't say. I've seen some of it, mm-hmm. and I have a couple of friends that are, like, really, really big fans of it, and it's actually really good. Mm. So, number 24, Berserk. Berserk was aired in 1997 and was centered on the life of an orphan mercenary warrior named Guts, who called himself the Black Swordsman as he served the Band of the Hawk. This is an intense anime filled with great action and some colorful scenes which may not be appropriate for children. Yeah. <laughs> Violent as bloody as fuck all. One of, the, yes. one of the video games did come over, sort of, 
sort of a rage berserk for Sega Dreamcast. Hmm. All right, all right. Next uh, one is uh, uh, yeah, number twenty-three, yeah, Robotech. Robotech. <gasps> oh, an anime, and everyone hates huh? Lin Minmay. An anime television series that was released in nineteen eighty-two, Super Dimension Fortress Macros, featured a love triangle among its major characters, plastered against the backdrop of battles that existed between aliens and humans. When it was shown in the U.S., it was titled Robotech instead. It rose to fame because of Lin Min. Lin Min May, mm-hmm. the pop star idol of the show, along with transforming air fighter units called Valkyries. They also forgot to leave out that it was three different anime series, like co- cobbled together. Mostly because the artwork looks similar enough that they can like do, like different parts, different stories as a one art, one all engrossing story, like different parts of the galaxy, and you know. A moment of silence for Carl Masick, who made it possible. Anywho. Yeah, that's how they got away with the uh, later suits and the and monsters in Power Rangers. They like had the footage of one Zord from one series uh, doing a finishing attack and had the monster from a different so- series take the hit and just... Granted, the cut was good, but mm-hmm. after a while you figure, oh, that's, it's three different series? Oh. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of Robotech. It was okay. Number 22, Code Geass. Code Geass was a Japanese anime series that was directed by Goro Taniguchi and written by Ichiro Okuchi. The story was set in an alternate future and revolved around a former prince named Lelouch Lamparage who obtained the Geese power used to destroy the Holy Britannian Empire. So, Code Geass was pretty much Les Mis, the anime. <laughs> it was a little more complicated than that. Yeah. Was, yeah. this I really like this one, too. I, don't, I couldn't get past the second episode. I'm like, nah. Maybe now that I'm a little bit older, I'll give it another shot, but... You'll yeah, love it, uh, Emperor Charles' first scene. Yeah, it gets really twisted later on in the series. Also, voice acting demigod Norio Wakamoto voices the bad guy. And it's glorious. Who is that? Um, as a proli- prolific voice actor in the Japan. Okay. When they dub Monday Night Raw in Japanese, he does the voice of Vince McMahon. <laughs> Among other wow. parts. That's all I gotta say is wow. Okay. Okay, number twenty one, Elfin Lead Lied Lead Lied. Lied. I don't know, I've heard it both ways. I've heard it Elfin Lead and Elfin Lied. I'm suddenly reminded of AMV Hell with um Hey Lucy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elfin Lead was a Japanese manga series that was created by Lin Akamoto. Its story revolved around the interactions, emotions, similarities, and differences between human beings and the Dyclini. Dyclini was a mutant species that resembled humans in build but had two horns and vectors. The anime series centered on the protagonist named Lucy who sought revenge after being rejected by the humans. And holy shit was this thing seriously bloody. And fucked up? It was so, 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 so fucked up. Okay. Number 20, Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Dragon Quest? Hmm? I say, are we taking turns of this or what? Yeah, we're taking turns. Oh. Yeah. 
Dragon. A Nintendo game that was adapted into an anime series in 1989, but over here was called Dragon Warrior. I remember first. that cartoon. Fucking loved it. And a total of 43 episodes was supervised by Hall Rhee. I hope I'm saying that right. And the characters that were similar to the original Dragon Quest game. First 13 episodes of this anime were translated into English and was released in North America. And if you can't tell by looking at the little teaser image for it, it was... The character design was by Akira Toriyama. Chala, hey, chala. Yeah, because the the main character in this one is pretty much Goku with a sword. Yeah, mostly. Oh, let's we'll go back to the chat room real quick at, at live.vodnetwork.com. Hockey Comics says, avoid eating for one hour before watching any elfin lead. Yeah, it's, it's just that damn bloody. Alright. Number 19. Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. An anime television series that was based on the manga series Ghost in the Shell. Standalone Complex revolves around the story of the members of a team called Public Security Section 9. This anime series was written and directed by Kenji Kamiyama. It was first aired in Japan in 02. It was released in other parts of the world a year after. Its lead character, Agent Motoka Kusanagi, turned heads because of her beauty and fighting skills, which was crucial to the appeal of the series. One of my all-time favorite anime manga series. Great music to it, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's Yoko Kano, who is going to be at Otakon. I have my Cowboy uh, Bebop DVD. I'm like, sign, please. <laughs> and yeah, Motoko Kusanagi will fuck your shit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, your, and your friend's shit, and your relative's shit, and your pet's shit. <laughs> She's just that badass. The, the next five de- the next five family of descendants will feel it. Mm-hmm. Five degrees of separation. Yeah. All right, number 18, Mushishi. A manga series that was written and illustrated by Yuki Yurushibara, Mushishi was adopted into an anime series uh, in 2005 and featured some... Uh, ubiquitous creatures called Mushi. These characters had supernatural powers and and were described as beings that were purer than any normal living thing. The main character in this story, Ginko, was among the few who possessed the ability to to interact with the divine Mushis. I actually really like this anime. It's um, same here. I've heard of it, but I just never watched it. It's actually really good, and it reminds me um, somewhat of uh... Like Princess Mononoke ish, mm. where like he's got to go through and like he's seeing all the nature spirits and all, all the different spiritual like creatures that are out there, and he either gets them to move on or basically captures them. But it's 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 definitely not your normal kind of anime series. It's a little bit more on the spiritual edge of seriousness. Mm. But it's actually, it's still really, really good and brings in a lot of, um, uh, like, folklore stuff. Okay. Yeah, sounds really interesting. Uh, my turn? Uh, I got this one. No. Right. Oh, okay, good. All right, sorry. Now, to be fair, you're ve- you'd be very far hard-pressed to find an anime series that is quote-unquote normal, but that's, but be that as it may. Number 17, another one I've never heard of, Future Boy Conan. I've heard of it. First aired in Japan and China in 1978 with the official title Conan. 
The Boy in the Future. The story was set in 2008. Whoa, it's way into the future. The time when humankind was already in a phase of extinction. Its story revolved around a devastating war that was fought by two nations armed with ultramagnetic weapons. Because this is Japan and there's no nuclear weapons in their fiction, for obvious reasons. The war resulted with a series of earthquakes and other massive movements that eventually devastated the Earth until everyone else died except for three survivors, including Conan. Number 16. Uh, my friend Mia is a big fan of this series. D. Gray Man. A Japanese manga series that was created by Katoto Hoshino, D. Gray Man revolved around the story of Alan Walker, a boy who was a member of The Exorcist, an organization that made use of any ancient substance called Innocence to fight the Millennium Earl and Akuma, its demonic army. I've only seen the first episode, and it's not that I didn't like the series. I just never got around to watching the rest of it. Mm. I can't say I've seen it either. Well, the next one I've heard of, I've watched an episode of it, but... This one is so fucking twisted. I sat in college um, one night and like just watched all of it and basically just could not sleep after watching this because it was just so twisted and not like gory twisted just like one of those really really weird what the fuck just what the fuck did i just watch oh the mind fuckery twisted yeah um serial experiments lane Directed by uh, Ryutoro Nakamura, Serial Experiments Lane was first aired in Tokyo, Japan in 1998 and was derived from a PlayStation game from the same title. This contemporary Japanese anime series tackled uh, philosophical concepts such as identity, communication, and reality and focused on the story of a teenage girl named Lane Iwakawa who was introduced to the internet. She was bound to a path which took her into the network of her own thoughts following her discovery of the God in the Wired. In other words, she fell in the 4chan and we never saw her again. Something like that. Mm. I mean, also, didn't, as, the, didn't the creator as, just say he wanted to start a culture war with the, the West for some weird reason? I don't know. Mm. I don't know, but this was such a... It was good, and I liked it, but it's one of those that you need to watch more than once just to really get what the hell is going on. Mm. Understandable. All right, number 14, Planets. Japanese hard science fiction manga created by Makoto Yukimura. Planets was a... uh, was adapted from a Japanese hard science fiction television series that was broadcast sometime between 2003 and 2004. The story of planets revolved around a team of space debris collectors that boarded the toy box debris ship in the year 2075 to prevent the destruction of Earth's satellites. I have never heard of this one. Neither have I. Same. The next one... We've all heard of, and I call this the gateway of getting females into Mecca. Squee! We all know this. Number 13, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, or as I like to call it, Bishojo Senshi Sailor Gundam Wing. (laughs) Gundam Wing was an animated series based on the original Mobile Suit Gundam anime. It was created by Hajime Yatade and Yoshiyuki Tomino and revolved around the war between the planet Earth and its colonies in space. The pilots in the series were more closely allied to each other compared to those in Gundam. 
There have been 49 episodes and borrowed the storyline from another series entitled War and Peace. What, like the Tolstoy novel? Probably. Yeah, I um, have had plans to get a plushie made. And as soon as a certain mutual friend of ours has uh, commissions open, I'm going to commission her. To, Wait, which uh, one? Hmm? Which uh, Gundam? Not of a Gundam. I'm... No. I, for years, and I mean years and years and years, probably as long as I've been into the series, um, there have been illustrations of Duo with wings. And people call him Bat Duo. <laughs> so for years, I've so wanted a plushie of Bat Duo. And as soon as her commissions open, I'm going to commission her for Bat Duo. Yeah, contain the five prettiest Gundam pilots you'll ever see. Yep. She's going to get plushies of all five and have them all wearing se- Seifukus. <laughs> Um, God. Let's not go into the fan art that I have, please. (laughs) You see? You see? (laughs) Yeah, but no, I just want want the plushie of Bat Duo. Um, There is a fan fiction that I read that um, Duo has a a stuffed bear, a stuffed teddy bear that he dresses just like him and calls him Shin-Chan. So I went out and got a teddy bear of the same style, and I just need to make the outfit for it so I can have my own Shin-Chan. Yeah, I'm a little obsessed. Well, let's see if you this don't is, say. Let's see if this is the right one here. <coughs> what about Bat Duo? <laughs> Not quite that type of bat. You can thank Act Death for that one. No, no, no. Not quite that type of... Cue the theme from Batman for Bat Duo. And from Act Death, Magical Mechas. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Number 12. Naruto. Naruto Naruto is an ongoing... Shush. It's mine. Don't piss up the (laughs) Mako-chan. Naruto is an ongoing Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Masashi Kishimoto. The plot tells the story of Naruto Uzumaki, an adolescent ninja who constantly dreams of becoming the next Hokage, the leader in the ninja village. And we keep hearing that Kishimoto is, is wrapping up the manga. Oh, oh how, is wrapping up. Oh, how he f- is milking the great ninja war, you cheeky bastard. Yep. Oh, my friend! My friend watches it. He like like reads the manga and he like tells me what's happening. Apparently, like Madara, is it Madara Chia? Yeah. He he's pretty much like his schemes keep getting foiled and foiled, and his reactions become more nonchalant and like whatever. It's at the point where he's pretty much a Saturday morning cartoon supervillain. Like, I think at one point, like Obito becomes a the no. host of the Ten Tails, no. and which uh, he was trying. But he was trying to sickle him. But at one point, he's just like... Like, after he beats Zorba, he's just, like, leaning on something going, You know what? I'm not even surprised anymore. You find out that Obito did die, but Madara brought him back. Showed it... Fucked with his head. Raised hell against Kakashi. T- 
Team 7 is back, and now they're taking names and whooping ass, all right? Madara is starting to remind me of, what's his name from Inuyasha? God, what is that villain's name? Naraku? Yes. Yeah. Number 37 was like easily counted, and he's like, yeah, whatever. And then Orochimaru is like, you know what? I'm at the point where I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you do whatever you want to do, and I will support you. And in the back of my mind, after they defeat a Madara, and you think everything is all good, Orochimaru is going to be like, now, motherfuckers, you fight me. It's like God when, damn it! Don't give him any ideas. It's like when you play those fighting games. You think you put, you beat the final boss, but you did something to an unlock, and you find out who the real final boss is, and you're like, "Fuck!" Well, like in Street Fighter, you're like, "Oh, fu- oh, finally beat! All right, I'm up the and Bison, Akuma dr- drives in and freaking raging demons, and be like, "What the fuck is this? Who am I fighting? Wait, I'm dead already." Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on then. Number eleven. Space battleship Yamato. Science fiction anime series that featured the eponymous spacecraft is it is is an English dub series that was broadcast on North American on Australian television as Star Blazers. Yes. It revolved around the story of a multinational teenage crew that journeyed through space to look for the planet. Iskandar, did I pronounce that right? Mm-hmm. The antagonists in the story were aliens called Rajendora, who prevented the crew from capturing a glimpse of the planet that they were searching for. This is another one of those ones I should have seen but didn't. Yeah, they all they also they believe I believe they did a an updated mo- version a movie theatrical release, which was pretty I heard it was really good. Um yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. And I, know I think this is one of the series that Sci-Fi showed when yeah. they were showing their like summer anime series yeah. craps. Yeah. I think that's when I watched it. This, that's one of the shows with uh, Travis and Understation Lot. That's one of his favorite series. Okay, next song. I mean, next uh, title. Oh, that's right. It's me, right? Yeah. Whatever yep. song you're going to play I, for I'm this. Get, I'm getting. I'm getting confused. Sorry. Playing this song. Uh, of course. You Number are. ten. Even though the original theme, Melissa by Pornography, is my personal favorite, but Number ten, Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist was a Japanese manga series style after the European Industrial Revolution. Its story was set in a fictional universe where alchemy was among the most advanced scientific techniques known. The protagonist of the story, Ed and Alphonse Elric, were searching for the Philosopher's Stone, which would need to restore their bodies from following a failed attempt to revive their mother through alchemy. Now, this is something that somebody told me which is really fucked up. Neither of you have seen Attack on Titan, have you? No. Nope. Um, only a couple, not the whole thing, no. Have you Have you seen episodes of it? No, just clips. Okay. A few scattered clips. Now, here, here, talk about ultimate typecasting. The same Seiyu that does Trisha Elric is also Aaron Yeager's mother. Really? Huh. Yeah. And, and by typecasting, if you haven't figured it out, Aaron, his mother gets killed in the first episode. Ouch. Dude, 
you look at life differently when you see a fucking titan eat your mom. You you fall into Evangelion levels of holy shit, I need fucking help mentally. Actually, no, you fall in like holy shit, I'm gonna fucking kill you bastards and I don't care what it takes. Well, that too. Yeah. Also, FMA really knew how, knew how to uh, play with people's emotions. <laughs> yes. Yes. One of the most beloved wait, one of the most beloved and good-natured characters in the series gets killed in the most brutal and anticlimactic fashion you can think of. Yeah, we will. We won't. We will not forgive Arakawa for that. I understand you need to push your storyline, but we still won't forgive you. Poor Maze Hughes. Yeah. Okay, number nine, Saint Seiya. Saint Seiya is a Japanese manga series that was adapted into an anime television series from 1986 to 1989. And it came back and it's still going. And it came back. The story revolved around mystical warriors called saints who wore sacred armors called cloths. These saints pledged to protect the reincarnation of Athena in her fight against the Olympian gods who sought to gain rule over the earth. It was also uh, in English and shown on a Cartoon Network, but we don't like to talk about yeah, that. I think it was called Knights, Knights of the Zodiac. That's what it was yes. called. Yeah. And they colored all the blood different colors that weren't blood, making the joke that they bled Gatorade. And also, People didn't die. They got, quote-unquote, captured. And, you know, the battles were chopped up and, you know, edited in some of the sloppiest ways imaginable. The only good thing I liked about that was the dub had a uh, cover of I Ran by Bowling of Soup, by Bowling for Soup, mm-hmm. as the opening theme. So, yeah, that was the best part of it. Yeah, and if we go to the chat room real quick from ActDef, number nine has nostalgia written all over it for me. Yeah, and this series is pretty much my introduction to anime. Yeah, and we know the Cartoon Network version was horrible, <laughs> but here's the thing. I think that was a joint between ADV and Cartoon Network because they did release two versions, Knights of the Zodiac and Saint Seiya, which I would love to get the box sets of, which I know they're probably hard to find now. I think I have it. Both, all 50 plus episodes? I don't remember. I don't know how much I have, but I think I have that one. Sweet. I mean, I find it, I was, the thing that always got to me, Knights of the Zodiac was so popular outside the U.S. Hell, one of the games came off a PlayStation... Especially in Italy. Yeah, one of the games came off a PlayStation 2 in Europe. I mean... And then we get it, and it's like, you only have one job to do. Just one job. And and if we go back, as Game of Girl X says, anyone will be messed up watching a tight eat anyone. Yeah. The Hockey Con goes license rescue for Saint Seiya, maybe. Uh, you'd have to talk to Funimation, Section 23, and the rest of them. That's a puddle of shit I would not go near. Alright, so, what's next? Number 8. This is a series I heard so many good things about, but I never got a chance. I watched bits and pieces of it, and the series did come back. Uh, Number 8. Last Exile. Last Exile is a Japanese anime television... It's Ari's turn. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, let's see. Japanese anime television series that featured a production led by renowned director Koichi Chigira. This feature a story that took place in the fictional world of Prester, where aerial vehicles dubbed as van ships were popular. 
I heard of this, but I haven't seen any of it. I caught Air, some, more I, like Zeppelin Fu apparently with all the airships. <laughs> I caught some of it on um, Cartoon Network. Yeah, I haven't seen any of it though. Just heard the name a couple times, but that's about it. Hmm. Next. Hold up, pulling it up. Now, this is a series I, I would like to get the entire complete collection to. And I like the music, and I like the style of it. And whenever I hear someone playing music by him, I shout, New Jabez! Because he is a wonderful artist. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Samurai Champloo. Samurai Champloo is an anime production that took place during the Edo period, characterized by its anachronistic hip-hop setting. The television series was the first directorial effect of Japanese director Shichiro Watanabe from the widely acclaimed Cowboy Bebop, which I believe is going to be at Otakon. The story of this manga revolved around a swordsman Mugen and a brave young girl named Fu who asked him to accompany her to Japan to find a samurai who smelled like flowers. And I actually played the video game. It was actually pretty good for what it was. Yeah, the video game wasn't horrible. I just, it, it, it kind of mocked you in a way at the end of every stage. Yeah, yeah. That's video game to be mocked. <coughs> yeah, Mugen was fucking batshit. I still want to do a Jin cosplay. It's all about Jin, sorry. Yeah, I have to admit, it's, about, it's all about Jin. It's all about Jin, and you do need to do that cosplay. It'll happen. It'll seeing happen. as how seeing as how somebody bought you the sword to do the cosplay with and you haven't even used the fucker. It, it, <laughs> it will happen. I promise you, it will happen. And I know the one person I can go to, because she she did a Jin cosplay back in the day, so Alright, number six, Death Note. Probably one of the most mind-bending anime around Death Note is a Japanese anime series that featured a high school student named Light Yagami who discovered a supernatural notebook that was dropped on Earth by the god of death, Ryuk. This, death no- this notebook granted its user the ability to kill anyone he, she could identify. I Not as planned. Yeah, I liked the manga up until... The last little bit. I think they should have did something small after L's death and not gone off onto the other shit that they did with his step sibling um, people that ended up helping out. Um, this is definitely one of those anime where you're kind of hoping for the bad guy to win. The bad guy was the main character. Yeah, and you're you're really kind of hoping for him to win. Um, you, I knew that he wasn't going to win, but the way that they finally ended it just was it, it kind of pissed me off a lot. Okay. Next up. Ooh. Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. Illustrated by Tatsuo Hara and written by Br- Ruron Sun. Okay, 
This is a North Star is a Japanese anime series that took place in a post-apocalyptic world that had been destroyed by a nuclear war. The story of this anime series revolved around Ken Shiro, who was also the successor of a deadly martial art known as Hokuto Shinken. The protagonist of this story dedicated his life fighting against the ravages, the ravagers who took advantage of the poor and the innocent. Yeah, this is like this is one of those animes where it, you would see it in a video store, put in the cartoon section because the yeah. shop was run by people who don't know who think all animation is kitty stuff. So like, the kid takes it home, and the first thing he's one of the first things he remembers is Kenshiro like. Like, making a guy's head explode. You are already dead. And don't forget, um, what's it? Uncle Phil did the voice of, I believe, Rao in the, in the, in the, in the movie. Really? Yeah. I didn't see the James movie. Avery, yes. At the original movie that came out back in the 80s, James Avery, who was also the voice of the Shredder, I believe he was also Raul in the movie. Nice. One of my favorite moments of that scene is when he's like some guy like in a mask and a helmet like like tries to like get jump him from behind and like throws his elbow back and like caves in the mask on his helmet and then he like goes back to helping someone and he turns around and like what are you waiting for try something so he tries mimicking his his uh, Hokuto Shinken on him mm-hmm. he goes ha ha I gotcha you're already dead he's like how long is this gonna take he's like 10 seconds you know I'll count it down for you counts counts down 10 9 8 7 6 5 he gets a zero. The mook's head explodes instead. Like, oh no! Yeah, because when he had uh, elbowed him in the face, he hit that pressure point that uh, mm-hmm. turned his head into a time bomb. Alright. Oh no! Next up. And no, I'm not playing the US theme because. I get enough death threats as it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though I love it. <laughs> Number four, One Piece. <coughs> One Piece is a manga series that was skillfully written and illustrated by Eichiro Oda. The first episode of the series was released on November, no, December 24th, 97, and was about a story of a young man named Monkey D. Luffy whose body turned into rubber after accidentally gobbling up a devil's fruit. The story also revolves around a crew of pirates, Mr. Monkey Luffy called... Straw Hat Pirates, who a company has explored the ocean in search of a treasure called the One Piece. And this all goes back to the whole ninjas versus pirates debacle. As we all know, Anime Jam Session 100% supports the uh, the, nin- the ninjas. I'm a samurai, you Philistine. Hey! God damn it, act that. Stop quoting that theme. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, ho, ho, he's talking about Yes, yes, Octa, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you look at it differently when you play it in a hotel room to troll your friends, but they all start dancing and freestyling to it. Or you, yeah, get, no. the, or you get the couple who, like, slowly turn their heads toward you and look at you, like, like with a. Glad it says, what the fresh hell is this? <laughs> anyway. Yep. Uh, number three, another of my personal favorites, Cowboy Bebop. Yep. 
first shown in 1998, Cowboy Bebop is considered to be a Japanese animation masterpiece. It premiered in Japan in 1998 and had a total of 26 episodes. The anime was among the most influential animes shown in America because it tackled the philosophical concepts of existentialism, loneliness, and nihilism. It was also adapted into two manga series. It's one of those animes, like, if you hate it, there is something wrong with you. No, it's it's one of those where you either you really, really like it or you really, really hate it. There really is no middle ground it's, for this one. Cowboy Bebop is more like a slice of life type, you know? It's a, the shit of course, some it, people have, like, have, like started deal, throwing it, but mostly because it, it, like, airs constantly on a tsunami, like, in the middle of the night. Yeah, that's like, the I, same, I can't, the same I thing with... I how many times they've run it. I mean, it's a good series and all, but... Yeah, it's the same thing with Inuyasha. Inuyasha really isn't a horrible series, but they re-ran it so many times that people just got sick and tired of it. And, like, as much as I love Cowboy Bebop, every time I turned on Cartoon Network, for some reason it was the same damn episode every single time. But yet, depending on how you felt about the series, you're like, fuck it, you're going to watch it anyway. Oh, I watched it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I love the series, but it was just, I, they played it so many times that, and, like, I watched... TV so sporadically that every time I ended up putting it on, it was the same damn episode. It's like to say Pierre LaFau is a uh, fucking creepy as hell. You know, the, it was the one villain like in the, like the carnival episode. Mm-hmm. Where the guy like like floated around like he was a balloon or some shit. But it turned out he had the mind of like a three year old, mm-hmm. and when he got like barely injured, he uh, you know, friggin' snapped. And if we go to the chat room real quick, Act Def goes, and Cowboy Bebop, the anime. Yeah, I mean, I have my list, but you know what? Cowboy Bebop is on my list. Hockey mm-hmm. Comic Com goes, more like sci-fi slice of life. Yeah, i give you that, definitely. And Misty goes, I have Tank in my self-clip ringtone collection. Good for you. And uh, <clears throat> number two, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Created and known by Gainax, Shinseki Evangelion, more commonly known as Neon Genesis Evangelion, is a story of a a parliamentary organization that made efforts to fight against angels through use of giant humanoids they called Evangelions. These Evas were piled by a group of teenagers led by protagonist Shinji Ikari. What they forgot to tell, what the guy didn't go into, is that... is that uh, Ano Hideaki lost his fucking mind like halfway during the series got insanely depressed and he let his real life bleed out into his work and the people ate it up and mm-hmm. they loved it yeah. and he's like you know you, you know what you like that let me give you this and didn't he do uh, death and rebirth to end of Evangelion that pissed everybody off one of those movies, he pissed off the entire fandom because he was pissed about the fact that they loved how the fact that his personal life ended up in the series, you know? Mm-hmm. Or the fact that they loved Ray, despite the fact that she was made to be intentionally creepy and un- unsettling. Yes. As we see, Neon Genesis Evangelion, here comes the mindfuck. As I've told Mako-chan for years, when she goes for her PhD in psychology, 
she's going to have to write her thesis paper on this series. That will guarantee her PhD. <laughs> you know, if Shinji just kicked Gendo in the balls one time, the entire journey, the entire franchise will have been worth it. You know what? Whenever I see clips of Eva, one particular song comes to mind. Everclear's Father of Mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and last but not least, number one. Dragon Ball Z. A Japanese manga series that was written and illustrated by Akira Toriyama, Dragon Ball Z is one of the most watched animes to have ever been shown in world television. This anime was inspired by the classic novel in China entitled Journey to the West, which was about the adventures of Son Goku as he trained in martial arts from his childhood until he reached adulthood. He explored the world in search of the seven Dragon Balls, which have the capacity to grant wishes throughout the help of a wish-granting dragon. And as you watch it, you've also known it to be called Drag on Ball Z, because that's the only series where it takes three episodes to charge your key, fire your blast, and miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took him like a, a week's worth of episode to, to escape Namek with five minutes left. But yet, in, but yet, an episode after that, they span 180 days twice. I want, here's something you didn't know. You know, Akira Toriyama never expected this series to get this popular. He never expected this. He tried to end it like three or four yes, times. Every arc he wrote, he was trying to end the fucking series. But people loved it so much. And he and because of a Dragon Ball Online, which he was directly involved in, it officially decanonizes Dragon Ball GT. Same with the, the same thing helped to help uh, push it in the grave was uh, the movie Battle of Gods. Mm-hmm. What is this? So GT is no longer canon. What Yay! Is, what is this GT you speak of? Exactly. Yeah, and... Ooh, even better, hmm? Chris Sabat, the voice of Vegeta, had said that the guys who are on Team Four Star who do Dragon Ball of Bridge, he says they got it so much better than him. He's, pre- he's pretty much jealous of the guys. Mm. Well, I'm almost positive that... Um... Dragon Ball Z Kai, I'm almost positive that they're continuing on with it. Yeah. That they've actually going that they're actually gonna be doing the next uh the next section of it. Yeah. You would think that Kai would have done so much better because <laughs> it's it's less fillers. Tastes great. I don't know, I guess because it I mean, it didn't stray at all from the original series. It just cut out all of the filler shit, but I'm guessing people liked the filler shit. Mm-hmm. Well, when when they finally release all of Kai as a box set, I'll pick it up then. Now, here's my question. Where the fuck is Sailor Moon? I was about to ask that. It's As, as popular as Sailor Moon is, it really wasn't influential. True. Didn't it start the entire Magical Girl series? Nope. No, because that the Magical Girl series didn't really make it over here. No. There are like one or two that um that the U.S. created, yeah. but it really didn't take on as a U.S. Mm-hmm. thing. 
like I'm looking at some of the comments and some of them uh, asking about other anime like Fooly Cooly or Outlaw mm-hmm. Star or uh, Inuyasha. Yeah. Some of them, yes. Some of them, not so much. I mean, <clears throat> in Japan, in Japan, you had your Magical Girl series. When Sailor Moon appeared, it turned the Magical Girl series on its side. It's like yeah. the bar has it, been raised. It was definitely influential in Japan. Mm-hmm. But it, like, a, a lot of the popular ones that we ended up liking while it was popular and it did really well here, it didn't really influence right. America's creativity. Like, as good as Fully Cooly was, mm-hmm. um, there was already a lot of crazy, whacked-out shit yeah. happening in the U.S. So it didn't really influence that kind of craziness. You know, Fully Cooly, you blink something... You blink. You missed a lot of shit. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah. And so, I mean, <clears throat> influence-wise, I, I think some of those did really well. I don't think all of those need to be on that list, mm-hmm. though, for influence. Uh, I mean, as much as I like FMA, I don't think FMA really influenced our art forms. If, if anything, it should be more like a top 10 list and it should have been more stuff from the early set, 60s and 70s as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, Ghost, Ghost in the Shell, it did influence a lot of stuff, but there was stuff that came before that that influenced a lot more and we talked about one of them. Mm-hmm. Battle Angel came before Ghost in the Shell and it influenced a lot more crap. I mean, Battle Angel influenced Ghost in the Shell just from the characterization and things like that. So it's just, it definitely should have been a top 10 and not a top 25. But considering how many on that list (coughs) are so widely popular... I can understand why they're on that list. True. It should be more of like a, um, like the top 25 popular anime. That's what it should have been, you know? Well, if it was top 25 popular anime, then some of those wouldn't have been on there either. Right. It would have got even more wonky. You know, uh, probably, (laughs) you know, let's just cut our losses on this. Play the last tracks and wrap shit up. Cause look, holy shit. Look at the time. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah. Damn, almost midnight. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap it up. Thank you, AX. We'll be back.
Okay. Let's hurry up and wrap this shit the fuck up. But first, I was looking at some of the, um, Sailor Moon merchandise and... Damn. Didn't you say something about neckties, too? It was necklaces. I thought it was neckties the way it was abbreviated. Oh. Yeah. Check this out. It's been a very quiet these past couple weeks for Sailor Moon, but then we had the Bondi surprise. Six new necklaces, which retails for about 126 bucks each, released by Premium Bondi, coming out September 2013. The gold color ones are 18 karat gold coating on 925 silver, while the silver ones are made with 925 silver, with Swarovski crystals. Wow. That's why they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would buy one of them, and I would still keep it in its package on the shelf. The only problem with that is silver tends to tarnish very easily, and I would want the silver one. Hmm. Well, they're all the same price from my understanding, so... Well, yeah, because even the gold one is mostly gold. I like I like the middle, I like the third one, the, the third one, in, which is um, the S brooch, I believe. No, 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 that's the R brooch. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I kind of want them all. Of course you do. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent podcasters, so please support us by letting people know what we do and who we are and how we support. You can always find out more information about us at AnimeJamSession.com, home of all of our awesome articles, podcasts, and everything. Um, if you like the podcast, uh, let us know at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that's podcast at animejamsession.com, which is probably going to change soon. But for some reason, if you can't get to our website through the filters or something for the podcast, you can find us at Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, and Xbox Music. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, we'll gladly read it on the air because you're awesome like that. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash anime jam session TV. And since my di- since my uh, photo shoot tom- for tomorrow has been canceled, I'll be working on some more videos, and I hope to have the PAX East videos up by the end of the week. Yay! I was just working on, um, on Tina's uh, video last night, so I had so much fun working on that one. <laughs> um... Right now, our newest videos are from KatoriCon and interview with John St. John with Ari Rockefeller from MAGFest. Well, yep. finally got that up, huh? Get that that up. shitty little camera I had? <laughs> Dude, it works. Yeah. Um, and if you want to follow us on YouTube, you can find me at youtube.com slash djronmas. Ari is at Ari22682 and Mako-chan is at Jupe Luna. Check us out there and see some of our favorite videos that we like or stuff that we've uploaded for shits and giggles. Check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash anime jam session. Follow us there to check out when articles are going up, photos, videos, what cons we're going to, total interactivity. And if you want to follow us on Twitter individually, you can find me at DJ Ronma S. You can find Ari at The Ari Man and Mako's at Joe Videa. Facebook, facebook.com slash anime jam session. Definitely follow us there. And if we look at our web, if we look at the numbers on the site, we're up to 2,477 fans. I don't, like, I don't say likes. I say fans. 
thanks for all the your hard work and appreciation. As long as you keep liking what we do, we'll continue to add more videos, more photos, more articles. That's what we're going. That, that's how we roll. Let's see. And if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash S. And Makochan is at facebook.com slash Makoto Makochan Kino. I'm starting to post more on Facebook a little bit more because I keep forgetting sometimes. And don't forget, we are on the VOD Network, Tuesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, and Encore Presentation Thursdays at 1 p.m., but it's the VOD Network, VOD, Voice of Geeks. There's more than just anime. There's video games, comic, video games, television show, pop culture, everything. Check out Critical Myth, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for TV shows and book reviews. Check out British Invaders on Mondays, where they talk about British television and science fiction. If you're a big fan of American sci-fi, especially Doctor Who, check out Pod Culture, on, which is on at Mondays. And I believe every month they do TARDIS Interruptus, where they do talk about Doctor Who. So that's your definitely go spot. And if you like World, uh, if you like Warcraft, check out Girls Gone Wow, which is at Wednesdays at noon, and Horde House, which is live on ten at uh, Wednesdays at ten. I think Horde House is going to start. I think they're starting to talk a little bit more about other MMOs as well, which I think is pretty cool. And if you want to talk about television pop culture old school science fiction especially if you're really a big fan of rocky horror check out under sedation live saturdays at 10 with travis and jessica and if it's strictly video games for you check out the bobby blackwolf show sundays at 8 followed by orange Orange radio sundays at 9 the power block of the cornerstone of the vlog network programming all video games where gamers have a voice that's definitely all of that <sighs> let's see Looking at the chat room real quick, MXC's going, I am the ghetto princess. Act up, a VOG page will be seriously competition with all the hosts. Great googly moogly. I'll be un- I'll be under I'll be under a rock for that one. Okay. Ari, last words. Uh, I got nothing. Oh, uh, and I'm looking at TARDIS interrupts this is for the 50th anniversary. Okay, my bad. Each month they talk about a different doctor. Fair enough. Um, Mako-chan, last words. I have to clean my room, but I really, really don't want to. But if I don't clean it, I can't sleep on my bed. Oh, wow. I am going to sit... I'm going to fix me something ice cream, probably. Watch Suits and go to bed, because I have... A 9 a.m. class in the morning. Yeah, I'm going out with uh, one of the Vogue chatters tomorrow for uh, pizza. God damn it, you suck! Have fun. Yeah, sorry. She's actually off tomorrow, and I kind of cornered her. <laughs> Is it Zeba? Yep. Uh, how did I know? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Zeba. <laughs> okay, that was fun. We'll do this same time next week, same VOG network time, same VOG network channel. I'm DJ Ron Mass. I'm Oyer Rockefeller. And I'm Mako-chan. <laughs> good fight, good night. See you next week. Be out, bitches. Night. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. 
I'm gonna stop doing it because I had um Geo Chan's mute theme in my head. And every single time you do it. Every single time you do it. Fuck my life. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session AJS Productions. There were no fanboys or fangirls hurt, maimed, or killed during this episode. This time. The views and opinions on this show do not reflect the entire staff or network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. And if you would like a transcript of today's podcast, start typing. Visit us at AnimeJamSession.com and VOGNetwork.com for more information about the show. See you next time.